Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Fred Barnes. And Fred, another crazy week in Washington. And I, if, I, if I'm seeing this right, it appears that the intractable Tea Partiers are ready to negotiate and bargain. And it's the president who says, I shall not make a deal. You know, uh, Michael, this is a first, uh, at least in my lifetime as a reporter and an observer in Washington, which goes back uh, a number of decades, uh, for a president to do this. You know, our system calls for presidents to be the people who step in and negotiate or bludgeon or somehow get agreement so things like a government shutdown don't happen. And yet uh, the president says, I'm not negotiating anything on the debt limit increase. I'm not negotiating anything on the budget. Uh, uh, that uh, uh, That's just not my job. And, and while on the other hand, one, he won't negotiate, and two, he goes out, as he did uh, on Thursday, uh, went out to uh, Prince George's County right outside Washington and gave a speech attacking Republicans. He sends out his assistants to call Republicans terrorists and suicide bombers and, and things like that. It's uh, a dereliction of duty, I think, without a doubt. Uh, and Lyndon Johnson and presidents like that must be turning over in their grave to see a president who says, well, I'm, I'm just... I'm just not going to negotiate. I'm not going to try to solve this problem. I'm just going to trash my opponents, my political opponents. It really is a, a huge step in the wrong direction, and particularly for a president who's being selective in what he negotiates or not. And these are important issues. You know, he said, well, the debt limit, if it's not increased, uh, the economy will collapse. Well, shouldn't he be the one who steps in and works out a compromise or works out some kind of an agreement because that doesn't happen? Uh, this is unprecedented at least in my life, for a president to be so uh, uh, commit such an obvious uh, dereliction of duty, which I'll have to say, and I'm sure you've noticed, Michael, the press has barely covered. It's only these Republicans who are intransigent and, uh, and demanding too much, and like uh, uh, Ted Cruz in the Senate having a filibusters and so on. They're the problem. It's not the president. Well, there may be a problem with Republicans from the Democratic standpoint, but there's a huge problem of a presidential lack of leadership. And as I've said, and I'll, I'll use the phrase again, dereliction of duty. Uh, interestingly, uh, Senator Harry Reid made similar comments yesterday. He said there is nothing to talk about. And I thought the whole point of uh, democracy and having elected representatives is to talk. I mean, if, if the people who disagree aren't going to talk, then there's not going to be a resolution. It starts with talking. My question, Fred, is, do the Republicans have the political ability, the agility, and the intellect to seize this opportunity to say to America, look, we want to make a deal. Here is our counterproposal. Here, for example, is Obamacare, but without the set-aside for Congress. Here's Obamacare, mm -hmm. but we treat individuals the same as we treat employers. Can they? Are they smart enough? Because it seems to me that the intractable team has kind of put themselves in a corner now. Well, the Republicans, particularly in the House, they're the ones who matter, uh, will come up with something like that, both of which are a good idea, and they'd also like to uh, put off delay Obamacare from not being implemented on Tuesday uh, as scheduled, but to have it uh, put off for at least another year. Uh, but it, it's the conservatives who are going to have to push the leadership in the House to do something like that. And, to, and, and you mentioned the obvious thing to say, look, we'll go along. Uh, with this continuing revolution, uh, resolution, which which extends the budget for another two months or something or three months, uh, but uh, uh, Democrats must accept that members of Congress and their staffs do not get subsidies uh, uh, for their health insurance, and that they have to just be under Obamacare like everybody else in America. That's something that uh, would Harry Reid 
uh, as the Senate Majority Leader say, well, we won't accept that. We'll let the government be shut down because we have to have this subsidy. I don't think he'd do that. It'd be smart on the Republicans' part. But um, one thing, they have not been in the House, the other leadership, they've been weak. Uh, but, but they have Let me interrupt right there because it seems to me there are two things. One is having a smart negotiating position, and I, and I think they, <laughs> the Republicans have been handed it. The medical t- uh, device tax is another one. But this bigger question is, are the, the, poli- the, the leadership on the Republican team smart enough to let uh, the Americans see who's here to deal, who's here to do what you want, which is compromise and lead? It's us. Who's refusing to even discuss, refusing to compromise? It's them. Are they smart enough to let the American people see that unfold? Well, there are two problems here. One is, are they smart enough? And I'd say at the moment, no. Ouch. And, and two, and two uh, would, uh, would the press cover this? Right. Or the press, look, a friend of mine who worked in the Clinton, uh, in the Carter White House years ago said, you know the problem with the press? They can only keep one idea in their mind at a time. <laughs> and their idea now is that the Republicans are obstructionists and they're, and they're making uh, threats that uh, out of, uh, they're out of control, making threats, and they're, and they're willing to shut down the government. Uh, 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 the notion that it's the president who is unwilling to negotiate, and Republicans are, is, I'm afraid, lost on most of the mainstream media. Uh, so that was uh, the part of the conversation this week. Do you think that the Ted Cruz speech, not technically a filibuster, but extended speech, will be have lingering impact on either the party or his prospects? You know, the Rand Paul uh, got a lot of attention with his speech, but a lot of that has yeah. faded away now. He's kind of returned yeah. to just he's not yeah. just another member of the Senate, but he's also not the shining star uh, above the Senate as far as presidential p- potential hopefuls. Now look, well, Rand Paul is different. Rand Paul, Rand Paul, liberals like him. There have been stories written about this. Rand Paul, from their standpoint, is harmless. Uh, but Ted Cruz is not harmless. Ted Cruz strikes at really the heart of liberalism. Uh, and they recognize that. They'll humor Rand Paul and, and libertarians on a lot of issues, but they, uh, they cannot swallow uh, Ted Cruz at all. I think the, limbering, the lingering impact that Ted Cruz has had uh, and, and will continue to have is that he is a guy, I think most people will see it outside Washington, uh, and the political community will say, well, gee, here's a guy that got up and he spoke for more than 20 hours uh, demanding that uh, Obamacare not be uh, uh, funded uh, over the next few months. Uh, I think the effect is that Obamacare takes another blow. It takes one in a uh, uh, Ted Cruz may not have helped himself, and other Republicans are mad at him and so on, but it, uh, Obamacare has taken a blow, and I think that's good uh, thanks to Ted Cruz. The unfortunate thing about Ted Cruz is, and Mike Lee of Utah, uh, the senator uh, as well, is that they have have uh, provoked other Republicans when they didn't need to do it. They didn't need to attack other Republicans as, as being uh, uh, basically being cowards and afraid to step up against right. Obamacare. That was a mistake. That's been divisive in the party. That will fade, but it didn't need to happen. And the opportunity to keep the focus on Democrats was taken away in part because of that fight, you, because the media keep, loves to cover Republicans beating up on Republicans. You want to keep the focus on Obama, on Democrats, and on Obamacare, and and don't let and don't do anything that divides Republicans, that provokes uh, some splits that are already there, at least under the surface. Now they're uh, certainly not under the surface anymore. Uh, that's what you need to do. And uh, and I'm afraid, uh, while I think uh, Ted Cruz did some good, uh, he uh, stirred this animosity with other Republicans, which was unnecessary. 
I think that uh, stopping Obamacare from taking effect Monday or the exchanges opening uh, Monday would be a mistake because it's kind of like if you really don't like your future brother-in-law and you see him drunk and with a lampshade on his head about to meet your dad, you don't turn him around. You want him to rush in there and say hi, dad, so that everyone can see how bad it is. Uh, Speaking of bad, I want to ask you before we run out of time here. The other story, President Obama gives a speech at the U.N., which lasted approximately seven hours and 43 minutes, if my watch was correct. The president of Iran gives a speech, and the White House leaks that there's going to be this handshake. There's going to be this moment that we all want to capture. Down to the, they're going to meet at this point, at this time, you know, Obama's going to be wearing this jacket. And then it doesn't happen because the Iranians don't do it. Peggy Noonan Mm -hmm. wrote that it was a snub. I said on my radio show up in New England that it was a snub. Were we right? Was this a snub, or was this just... In Iranian, pro- do we look weaker because of what happened this week at the UN? No question about it. Look, Obama's weak. Uh, period. Particularly after the whole Syrian fiasco, when when he caved and uh, Assad is now entrenched as the Syrian president, and uh, they will will drag on for at least a year of this question of uh, dealing with their chemical weapons, and some will be destroyed, and whether it'll be all of them, and and what's taken off the table is any use of force against Syria by the United States. The Iranians, seeing that, said. I think concluded, boy, this president—he's this president—he's not going to bomb anybody. Let's get in some negotiations with him over reducing or eliminating the economic sanctions against Iran, and we'll promise, you know, something. And uh, and and we have a, with this weak president, we have a good chance of of getting something and giving up very little. Uh, it's a uh, a bad situation for America to be in. Thanks so much for your time, Fred Barnes. We appreciate your take on the week. This has been the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.